So I want everybody to picture this. Yesterday, Craig and I decided not to do a show. And I called Craig, FaceTimed him, Craig, as we always do. And Craig answers, no shirt on. What was more alarming about the fact that you didn't have a shirt on was the fact that you had these these two patches on your shoulder. And then what was more alarming about the patches were the wires coming out of it. <laughs> and I couldn't see where those wires were going. So I asked Craig, I said, do you remember what I said to you? Uh, I don't. Actually, let me rewind. No, you, let yeah. me rewind. Yeah, you got to go because back. Because I called, I called you, and I said, "Are you?" I said, "When we decided we weren't going to do a show, I said, are you going to be able to get a tea time?'" And you said, "I already got one." That's because I was wearing a golf shirt. No, I was. I wasn't wearing a golf shirt. And you asked if I could get a tea off time. I said, "I already have a tea off time there, bud." Then you had the stem on your shoulder. And I, I just, I looked at you and I said, tell me that you're stimming your shoulder before you're going golf, golfing. <laughs> yeah, and you were quiet. exactly what I was doing. It's fucking embarrassing. And then what that, did you say? Not then, and then what did you say? Big money day, bud. Big money day. <laughs> well, hey. The guy is stimming his shoulder. Because he's got a big money golf day on the court. Listen to me. I'm my partner, I'm not going to tell you who my no, partner I don't need, No one needs to know. I don't care who your partner is. I'm not going to tell you who my partner I'm just, was. But I'm disgusted I will tell by you the this. fact that you had fucking stim on your shoulder. Brian Gianta was one of the players I played against. And let me tell you something. My partner calls me last night. And he says to me, I just took my whole family out and parents and paid for a huge dinner with Gio's money. And we were ripping them all night long last night. What an angry little elf, man. Oh, my God. Was he, he was so ticked off throughout the round. It was, it was, why was he, was he terrible? Oh, it was, no, he wasn't terrible. Think of, think of, uh, <laughs> does he get emotional? Oh, man. He was angry. The just from almost like hole number two. He was miserable for four hours on the course, like miserable. But I'm going to tell you, I I, I did feel uh, bad form because he actually is a pretty uh, he is a pretty good golfer. He hits the ball real well, and he just had one of those days that was like something that you just crumple it up and you forget it and you never talk about it again. What kind of dinner did steak, you steak and lobster, steak and lobster? This guy oh. took his family out for steak and lobster last night, and and parents. So, um, yeah, Geo is a lot lighter, and um, and and his partner also. But uh, it was uh, it was a hell of a day. It was a hell of a day. We had a lot of fun, and I uh, I don't feel bad for Geo one bit. So neither do I. Hence Sorry, us absolutely verbally ripping him last night on a on a text um where my partner and I were just going back and forth with Geo on it, but Geo didn't respond to any of the texts. That's very Geo. It's very Geo, yeah. That's very Geo. He's a competitor. He's a competitive guy and uh he he just didn't have his day, but you know, hey. So we all go through that. 
I have a serious question I want to ask you. Okay. okay. This may or may not make it in the show, but I'm still going to ask this question. So I'm driving home from my parents last night. It's an 80 kilometer four lane road highway. Okay. No barriers or anything. I'm going 90 kilometers, which is, I don't know, 10 kilometers over the speed limit, which is not much, um, which is only like six, seven miles, six miles over. Point is, I get passed by two people on racing motorcycles, like Kawasaki Ninjas or whatever the new, like Ducatis or whatever these things were. They're going, they had to have been going 160. Like they passed me, they were going so fast. So my question is this, and, and I'm dead serious. 160, 160 kilometers? Kilometers an hour. So that's probably 100 miles, fast. 100 miles an hour on an 80-kilometer road. That's double the speed limit. Okay. 80, an 80. Like, I'm not talking the QEW where it's 100. It's like the it's like the Canadian Autobahn where people drive yeah. like 160. Well, that's, that's why, that's why I'm, I, I, I've no, got no. that in my mind. I'm, yeah, talking like like are... a, I'm talking like a Route 5. I'm talking like no barrier. It's like just four-lane, a big four-lane wow. road that they call a highway, like a, yeah. like a small highway. So my question is this, and I thought about this right away. If one of them crash and go flying 80 feet in the air or wherever they go, and, and, <clears throat> and I see this, Am I obligated to stop and go and completely ruin my life for the rest of my life to find a body with no head on it? Yeah. Because this guy wants to be an asshole. I'm being, I'm asking a serious question Yeah, because I thought about this. I'm like, what if, what if I drive another mile up the road and this guy's like in three pieces, yeah. do I stop and fuck up my entire. And you know, you know, the incredible thing about it when these when these guys are driving at the speed that they are which is which is reckless they may feel very confident in their skills driving this bike and and they might have the skill to be able to drive a bike at that at that speed the problem is i'm actually not worried about the driving driver of the bike I'm not worried about the driver of the bike the driver of the bike will never crash because he's got the abilities to drive the bike at a high speed where you're going to get into situations are the other people on the road. There's a lot of people that just are on their phones. They're not looking at their shit. They swerve. They might, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it's not just the person on the bike. It's the other people. That's why I wouldn't be driving at that speed. It's not that I couldn't drive at the speed. It's, I don't trust the other people that are on the road with me. Yeah. So anyway, um, I've, I've seen that lots. We've seen that lots in, in, in my life where you see those, those guys on the, on the, they're, they're like race bikes and they can fly. And I'm going to tell you this. Came up, they came movement. out of nowhere, out of nowhere. I mean, it was like yeah. how fast he flew by me. I, I had no idea they were coming. They, and I was just, and I honest, honestly thought, I'm like, what if they crash? Last thing I'll say, if I know, if there was one more coming, I might open my door. How about Dominic Hasek yesterday? The video, did you see this of him cleaning out his Hall of Fame equipment and everything he donated to the Czech Hockey Hall of Fame? Yes, I, I, I did see that. So they closed, they closed due to funding. The Czech Hockey Hall of Fame closed due to lack of funding, I should say. And 
they asked all their players that, to come and pick up all the stuff that they donated that was on display. And there's Dominic Hashik with a shopping cart, putting fucking goalie pads and blockers and catchers and things that he wore in the 98 Olympics when they, when they won the gold. Well, the first thing that I thought of when I, when I read that was how degrading that would be for, for Dominic, Dominic Hasek, who's having to, you know, grab his pads and his blocker and his glove and all of his, and put it in, he's putting in a grocery cart. And I'm just like, oh my Lord, this guy's like the goat of goaltending, right? And then my next thought was, I would imagine that the Hockey Hall of Fame here in in uh, Ontario, Toronto, is going to be making a phone call to Dominic Hasek saying, we want that stuff more than anything. Um, you know, what what's it going to take to get it? What a what a great word to use. That was degrading. I, I, I felt so bad. I'm like, they couldn't pack it up and have it already done for him. He had to come and get it himself. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Absolute fucking joke. Yeah, a lot of other players that played in Czech over the years that were in the same situation. But uh, hopefully, we get to see that uh, in uh, in the Hockey Hall of Fame here in Toronto. So um, there, there's enough stuff there for like a an entire display. Yeah, you know, to put to to and he should have an entire display at the Hockey Hall of Fame. I had a Sabres thought this morning. And I was watching the NHL network and they're talking about they're talking about the Dallas Stars and all these other teams in around the league and who's gonna be back and the pieces that they have to build around. And it, it brought me to thinking about the Sabres this offseason. Every team in the league is going to be going after the same players at the Buffalo Sabres need to get and that is going to be that is going to create a major issue for kevin adams and trying to continue to build this team toward a playoff next year yep and i don't i don't know if you're 100 percent correct there are a lot of teams out there that are in pretty solid situations a much further along um well how, than, how did i how did i word it well I think you're 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 thinking about you know teams like Dallas are going to have to um, move out some of their players and go and 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 because D uh, Dallas is a desirable spot to play, you're going to have unrestricted free agents that want to sign in Dallas. Is that kind of well? For, for forgive me, I was I was the conversation about Dallas is what brought me to the point of you know. Who they they said who's going to be back? Who are they bringing in other teams and who's going to want and need other players? And and it brought me to the Sabers and I'm like they're talking about all the teams that were already in the playoffs this year going to get all the pieces yeah. that we we talk about the Sabers needing. Yep. I listen. I mean, if if I had an opportunity to have the Dallas Stars right now or the Buffalo Sabers. Hands down, it wouldn't even be close. I would want the Buffalo Sabres over a large, and I mean a large amount of teams starting next year in 2023-24 hockey season. I will take the Buffalo Sabres over 
many, many teams in the league. And I tell you why. Got a super, super crazy young team. We've got a whole lot of insane high-end talent that has not even come close to reaching the potential yet. They have a ton of money um, in, in their war chest. They've now signed key players two key forwards in their on their on their team their top two centers and cousins and and thompson they have uh one of their top defensemen signed long term in 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 samuelson now they've got to get Dol- they've got to get Dolly and uh, and owen power signed and if you can do that if you can get those two guys signed under a somewhat reasonable contract and reasonable is still going to be insanely highly priced. But if you can get them under a solid, reasonable contract, I think the Sabres are going to be in a really good situation for a lot of years. So I have completely, uh, after hearing Thomas talk the other day about Owen power, I have completely changed my stance on Owen power. That's not the conversation we were having initially. Um, um, but I mean, so you, you brought what do you mean? up, what do you mean? What, what, well, what's, what's your stance? What's your thought on bridge you deal? Know, three years bridge deal. Yeah. Three years. I don't know the number. They can figure that out. Three years. That's it. I, I don't, I, I told you before, I don't have a problem with a bridge deal. Do you remember all. Thomas's You're gonna stance? Be, you're gonna be you're gonna be sitting you're gonna be sitting paying him at least six million dollars. He's not taking a dime less than than uh, than Rasmus Dahlin. It's fine. I'll pay him more. Than, I'll pay him six and a half with the little inflation, or because Dahlin signed the contract three, what two three years ago. Pay him but six it, and a half million. But again, if you're gonna pay him six and a half million dollars for a three year deal, then why wouldn't you just go and and sign him to an eight year deal at eight and a half million dollars? It's two million bucks a year. It's nothing. Because maybe he when, when maybe, you're talking long term in the contract. But you're automatically giving him eight million dollars. You're saying he's going to be an eight million dollar player no matter what. Is he? Like, is he for sure? Is he going to be an eight an eight and a half million dollar player? For sure? You can't say for sure. Well, here's the thing. Right now he's currently not worth eight million dollars. That's for sure. At 35 points this year at a very, very good rookie season as a 20-year-old. But what you saw in him, well, let me, mean, let me what throw he's going to be like in two, three years from now is going to be through the roof, man. Okay. Well, let me throw this scenario at you. Okay. If he were up for a contract right now based on the season he just had and wanted an eight-year deal, how much would you pay him? Quickly, just throw a number out there. If he was, if this was the third year of his contract or, or the end of his entry level deal year that he just had, and he and he's the same age, everything's the same. We just he's Darlene's age. He's twenty two, twenty three, twenty three. Um, I would probably think that you're still in the six and a half. Okay, for on an eight year dollar deal. range. So what yeah. happens if you don't sign him this year and you let him play out this last year? Where do you think he could possibly go? I'm not saying he I'm not saying he can't explode to a 50-60 point player. I'm saying do you expect that from him this upcoming season? I I, I said this uh 
four or five months ago that I I said that um actually you said that you Owen Power is going to get right? yeah fifty yeah I said he was going to get fifty points fifty plus points I you, I do remember and, you saying that and there's a lot of people that literally were laughing at that because this this was at a time where Owen Power had like eighteen points or something like that and you know he was playing well but he wasn't producing offensively the same um. And I and I said at that time that Owen Power is going to he's going to score 50 points next year, next year, not not in year three or four or five in his NHL career next year when he's 21, when he's just still a baby. And people were uh, people were laughing at that. I got laughed at and I'm OK because Owen Power finished this season, a rookie season where he made lots of mistakes. And that's okay. It's a game of mistakes. You learn from those things. As you learn the league, you learn the players, you learn the buildings that you're playing in, you learn everything. You learn the environment in certain buildings because you know that environments, the fans in certain buildings are way different than others, right? So preparation and all this stuff and whereabouts, um, you, you start to understand the league a little bit more. I think Owen Power is not an 18-year-old kid after his first year. Okay. He's a 20 year old kid. Okay. He's older. He's, he's more mature than, than most. He's going to go into his second year and I think he can put up 50 points next year. I know, but we're basing it all on points, right? I, and, I, and well, I, and listen, I, and I'm and not I, just, I'm not because just here's, I want to hold points. on. I want to point something out. I want to point something out and I'm not comparing the two. I just want to reiterate this. I am not comparing the two. Please let me emphasize that because I can hear the shit coming at me on social media. And I just, I don't want any confusion. We've seen players like Shattenkirk. We've seen, and I, he's not a Shattenkirk. I'm not saying that. We've seen players like Shattenkirk. We've seen players like Gostas Bear. We've seen players like Ekman Larson. We've seen defensemen like, help me. There's, there's tons more. I just named a few. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting somebody else too. Um, I, I, anyway. I, I understand your point. So my point is, is like I don't care about points. So all right. those guys that you named were ultimately Keith Yendel is a great. That's, that's a great thank one. you. That's the one. That's the Keith other Yendel one that is I'm incredible. Forgetting. Keith Yendel had, you know, anywhere from forty-five to sixty-five points every single year throughout his NHL career, and he was considered like a fourth defenseman. Um, he was a power play specialist. He was insanely good at moving the puck and and shooting the puck. Had great offensive abilities, but stunk to high hell as a defender. And that's okay. You have those in the league. You're asking me, do you think that Owen Power could be? Or, or in the same mold as a Shattenkirk, a Keith Yendel, um, an Ekman Larson. No, what, you... what I'm saying is, I don't want him to be. Like, I don't care. I don't care about his points. But you're asking me, if I want, I, am I worried that he like could Thomas, be one of those Thomas guys. brought up some of his defensive deficiencies. He's a defenseman. He's six foot six. He doesn't use his size to 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 his advantage. I mean, everyone wants to compare him to. Who Hedman. brought that up? Thomas talking about slashing guys and cross-checking guys in front of the net and, you know, things like that, like utilizing that six foot six frame and making it hard on players like Thomas to play against. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm saying. 
So I, I don't want to sound like I'm harping on the, the kid is incredible, but I mean, I just, you're we're hesitant. About, we're talking hesitant about signing and- a young player to, and giving him eight years, eight, eight and a half million, which if they announce that tomorrow, that'd be amazing. Cause you have this kid locked up who will get you 50 points for the next eight years for a, a great calf hit. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about giving a bridge deal to see his development over the next couple of years, like Darlene, or or not even giving him a bridge deal. Just let him fucking play out this year. There's that uh, option again. No one likes that option. Everyone wants to lock everybody up around here. Are all these contracts going to be grand slams? I mean, you're like, let's just put the brakes here. The way I look at it is. Kevin Adams and all the other GMs in this league right now have to forecast. They have to forecast on certain players. Are they forecasting on a Henry Yoki Haru and signing him to an eight-year deal because he could explode? No, because Henry Yoki Haru has a ceiling to his game, and he's damn near close to it now at the age of 23. What you're getting from Henry Yoki Haru right now at age 20, 21, 22, 23 it's exactly what you're going to get when he's 27, 28, and 29, and he's in his prime years. That's the difference. Owen Power is a genetic freak. When you have a six foot six defenseman that skates as well as he does, and the skill set and the way he handles the puck for a big man and a big frame, it's it doesn't come around all the time. Name me another defenseman that is like him. Yeah, okay. Or, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. six six. He's not so, he's not six one or six two. He's six six, two hundred and twenty pounds, and he skates exceptionally well for a big man. And his skills add to his size and his skating and 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 the hockey IQ, the mental part of the game, the poise that he has with the puck for the first year for a first year hockey player is mind blowing. It is mind-blowing. He blows my mind. Like, he blows my mind more than what Darlene did at a young age. Darlene was like a slinky, okay? His skill set is far beyond any defenseman that I've seen in, in, in a very long time. But he doesn't skate the same. He doesn't do things the same as what Owen Power does because of his frame. How are they going to find his defense partner for all those years? That brings well, me it has back. To that happen. brings me back to the conversation that we initially started with: is how the how are they going to get these guys? I think the first thing be- you have to do before you do any looking anywhere is you have to sign Darlene and Owen Power to a contract. But when you do, once you do, you have a better understanding of the financial obligations that you can take on. Right, like if, but don't if you have a ballpark already? Yeah, a but GM, a ballpark like, for an example, say- like you could be talking about Erasmus Darlene making nine million dollars, but he could also make ten and a half. And if I told you Erasmus Darlene's making ten and a half, I think you'd be like, yeah, I can see it. I don't like it, but I can see him making ten and a half million dollars, right? But you could also see him make nine million dollars. So he's he's in that he's got a uh, he's got that level of nine million to maybe ten and a half. 
And then you have a, a you know an own power that I think that they should be signing him long term. I don't think they want to screw around with what this kid's gonna do. Take he's gonna take off, man. He already is taking off in his rookie year at 20 years old, which is mind-boggling in this league. He is a factor already. Well, what's he gonna be like in four, five, six, seven years from now? It's gonna be insane how good that kid is gonna be. Um so I think you want to sign him now. You're going to sign Owen Power. At the age of 22, he's going to start an eight-year deal. And those are going to be the best eight years of his NHL career. That's that's the way I look at Owen Power. And if you can get him signed for an eight-year deal for $8 million, now I know he might not take that. And people at home are probably like, what? What do you mean he's not going to take it? The market for Owen Power is very, very, very high. And it's whatever they can get him under, I would get him under it. Now, if 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 he's if he's pricing himself out of what you're what you're happy with, then you go you take a step back and go to a bridge deal. Well, the draft is coming up, and you know that might be where Kevin Adams has to go and acquire a couple of his pieces going into next year because free agency is tough. You're competing against other teams, and teams are going to take advantage of you because you're Buffalo. I'm sorry, but it's true. And they see cap space, even though they don't give a shit that it's going to be spoken for in a year or two, heavily spoken for in a year or two. So creativity is going to be, it's going to have to be Kevin Adams' number one trait when it comes to building this roster. You know, like we look back, and I, I you know, I shit on Darcy Regeer a lot. But that's a more of a personality thing than it is uh, his ability to 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 build a team, and he he made some deals. I mean that deal for Chris Drury, bringing in Ryan Precht and trading Rhett Warner and Ryan Precht out to Calgary for Drury and Gratton for Briere, and you know there are other pieces. You know bringing in Teppo Newman and trading for Tony Ludman, like there were some really good deals made, and. You have to get creative when you're when you're a team like the Sabres. And it's going to have to be around draft time with all your currency, all your prospects, all your third-round picks, second-round picks coming up over the next couple of years. It should be an interesting Well, the question run. that they're talking about is, when is that time? When is it the right time to pull a trigger? Maybe, like, we have a first-round draft pick this year, okay? We're going to be drafting, uh, what, 13th overall, I think 13th. it is? You know, do you make that draft pick this year? Thirteenth overall pick. Uh, do, do you, you make, make it? that? I don't know. You just, you've got you got uh, Yari Kulich who uh, blew it out of the water in the minors this year. You got Matt Savoy. You've got um, Osland who played in uh, the Switzerland uh, or not Switzerland, but Swedish league. Um, you have Isaac Rosen who's played very well, especially in the playoffs. Down in the minors, like I mean, that's a, a former first round draft pick. How many more? How many more players do you need? Like right now, there's only a certain amount of players can play on the Buffalo Sabers. They already are filled with young players. At what point do you start to think about moving on? And what I mean by that is, they're very, very thin on the defensive side of things. They've picked a lot of forwards in the last number of years. And their top defenseman 
former first round overall pick in Rasmus Dahlin and a former first overall pick in Owen Power. And, you know, they ended up, they have Yoki Haru, but they traded away the eighth overall pick in, in uh, Alex Nylander to get him. You know, there is not a lot in the minors or, or, young young players right now on defense and I think the Sabres need to really utilize that pick to hopefully pick a defenseman hopefully get someone that well they, they kind of in a way they just did they signed Ryan Johnson that's a bit of a score in that direction I mean that was but I, a, I it's a big score it's a but big I, score. I completely hear what you're saying too and, and I just, I'm looking back at their last bunch of drafts listen to this okay I mean with the exception of own power Matt Savoy Osland, Coolidge, okay, all centermen. You had power, number one, but you also had Isaac Rosen in that same draft, okay? Jack Quinn, the year before that, and J.J. Paterka was the number two pick, and I only yeah. mentioned him. And, that and, was they moved, and they moved up to get that forward. Right. Um, and it was it turned out to be a brilliant, brilliant uh, pickup. They Dylan had to move Cousins, up to get him. Dylan Cousins, Ryan Johnson. Rasmus Dahlin, and then Matias Samuelson was a second rounder that year. And then Casey Middlestead. And then after that, it's no one else is in the lineup here. You get what I'm saying, though. Um, Why can't you use that pick and one of your young prospects or a current roster player to go and get a defenseman? Like, go trade for a defenseman. I mean, you built a roster yesterday for everybody, and you 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 put Colton Pareko on the right side with Owen Power. Yes. You have pieces on this team that you can move. I, I don't want to see them make this pick. I really don't. I'd like to hear about a trade. You need a roster player. You need a player that's even an RFA defenseman. I don't care who it is, but the move has got to be for a defenseman. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you. I I'm, I meant this the other day. I would seriously consider Matt Dumba. I would seriously consider Matt Dumba. That fucking hit he laid on Joe Pavelski and the way he plays, he's a right-handed shot, is he not? He is. How would In a perfect world, how would you think he would pair up with Owen Power? Well, he's 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 a, he's a pretty damn good defenseman. Like he he's a he's a really really good defenseman. He's he's played very well. He's only played for Minnesota. He I think he just came off what a six. He's making six million bucks. Now, do I think he's a, a six million dollar hockey player? Hell no, not even close. I don't think he's a six million dollar hockey player. Um, Last year, he had four goals and 14 points, was minus eight on Minnesota, who is one of the top teams in the West. I, For me, he's not a $6 million player. Um, and if you could get him under the right contract, the right numbers, then yes, that would be, that would be an interesting pickup. I think he's got skills. I think he skates well. I think he's a good defenseman. Are there others out there that I would rather have? Yes. Like, would you rather have Dumba for four and a half or five million, or would you rather have Colton Pareko for what is he close? Is he six point five somewhere in there? Yeah, six five, six five for the next 
seven, seven years. years. He's already 30. He's already 30 years old. Um, That's a I tough think, salary, man. That's tough. That's tough. You know where he's... You know what? You're gonna have you're gonna have a real good Colton Perenko for probably at least four years of that, maybe even five. But once you started getting into your six and seven, it's not gonna be the same. But aren't you that's just my a, that's my opinion. Aren't you like now creating a window if you go and get a guy like that? Like this is your window. Well, when is the window for, for Buffalo? Like when is the window that you actually think that this well, team what does can window win? mean? What does does window mean to win, or does window mean to be a contender? I think the window is you need to put yourself in a position to be in the playoffs. Because, like, if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and you're sitting there like, oh, my God, I'm one of the best teams in the league. Toronto Maple Leafs ended. They were the fourth best team in the NHL this year, and they meet Tampa Bay in the first round. What? It's not about where you are in 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 the whole, you know, playoff picture. You need to get into the dance. And when you're in, you've got an opportunity to win. That's a window. That's a window. And okay. I think the Sabres so is are their damn close to the window, but they need to make a few moves. Are you, can you guarantee, in all honesty, can you guarantee that the Sabres make the playoffs next year? Hell no. Can you guarantee that? You had the Florida Panthers who were the President's Trophy winners. Were they guaranteed to make it? I'm like, I don't know. Like, are you going to tell me the Ottawa Senators don't have a chance to make the playoffs next year? There's a whole bunch of teams that have a chance what about detroit red Wings? i was like you're gonna have just a about whole to say a bunch of teams that are getting better their younger players are becoming stars and we're seeing that right now here in buffalo but it's going to be a dog fight it's going to be a dog fight we are not the tampa bay lightning where they have their their players that are in their prime and that are starting to to, to get out of their prime like Victor Hedman is a very, very, very good defenseman, but you can start to see that there's miles that are put on that man's body and he's getting banged up and he's missing games throughout a season. And Steve Stamkos, who is not, he's not 26, at your, 26 years old anymore. He's 32 turning 33. He's starting to get a little longer in the tooth. These injuries, the, the body wears down and those teams start to fade a little bit. Okay. Sabres right now are in a fantastic position and with, with a couple of moves, not altering their entire team because you have the young core, you have the guys. Now you need to find specific players that are going to put you over the edge. And there's, there are only two, two players away, three players away from on honestly being a, a playoff team. And they might be a playoff team even if Kevin Adams decides not to make a move. They might be a playoff team. But they might be. The only question is where? Where's the biggest question mark on this team? Defense. No. I I'm I I, 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 I 
Well, I, I, I was, didn't you, want to take your bait there, but, uh, you know, you for me right now, for me right now, I'm going to tell you this. I, I, I went on a rant, um, with you and I just kind of sitting, uh, chatting one day and I was just kind of like, you know, there's so much time that we're going to give all these younger forwards guys that have fucking zero responsibility half the time defensively. Cause for, you know, wingers don't do fucking shit. You know, all they got to do is skate forward. All right. You're rolling your eyes at me. I wanted to get you there, but you know, listen, I mean, forwards in the NHL, young forwards in the NHL are given opportunity and time to make mistakes, get better, learn the league, gain confidence, defense, really tough position to play in this league. Um, usually takes defense longer to come into the league, but also longer to find their stride. They don't find it until like early twenties, maybe even mid twenties. And then they kind of take off. And then you have a goaltender. We have Uka Pekalukanen that ultimately played his first full NHL season. And I think that there was some ups and downs in his game but for the most part, I was actually pretty happy with Uka Pekalukin. And I'm, it's like, why are we like sh- selling this guy now? How about just letting him mature just like we're giving all this fucking time to all the forwards and all the D? Why are we not giving time to a really, really high-end goaltender who's still super young? He's 24 years old. It's amazing how young he is. So I look at our defense. I look at our forwards. We need a few things that we can change to strengthen. And then why not just go with the two young bucks, man? If you feel that Devin Levi is the new guy, if he's the guy, then go and give it to him and let Uka Pekalukin and say, fuck you. I'm going to be the fucking guy. And he's going to play out of his fucking mind because he knows that the other young little fart is, is trying to take his job and have these guys outperform each other and play at a high level. I think, I think that's the way I would go right now. Were you surprised by Brad Trey living being hired in Toronto? You know what his MO is knows how to trade a star player. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, if if there's one thing when when Kyle Dubas uh was not renewed of his contract the first thing that came to mind is this team is it they are they're on the teeter totter they're on the edge of a cliff okay the problem is do they have a parachute or are they just jumping off because right now that's where Toronto's at and they don't know if they have a parachute and Brad Treleving is a guy who has been around this league a very long time, who understands the league and is very clear that he is not afraid to make a move. The problem is he doesn't have a whole lot to work with. Toronto has basically went full in and they don't have the draft picks anymore. Like they don't have draft picks. Their, their, their cupboard is very bare and uh, they need to do something. They need to do something in Toronto. They have a lot like, what are you going to do with Nola Chari, Austin Reese, Bunting, um, Hemp, 
Deerfoot, O'Reilly. Like, there's a lot of guys that they have to sign. Shen, Justin Hall, Gustafson. I'm, I'm sorry to say this. Uh, William Nylander should not be the scapegoat here and just be shipped out because he was one of their, but he was one of not only their best player all year, but in the playoffs, he was electrifying. Yeah. I think this has everything to this hire, I think, has everything to do with Austin Matthews and getting him signed. Well, or, or sorry, or trading him. What's today? June 1st. You have one month because after one month, after you hit July 1st, and if you have not traded Austin Is Matthews by this time, then now he has absolutely 100% full guarantee of what he wants to do. You have to sign Austin Matthews. You have to sign Austin Matthews. It's going to be a brutal, brutal contract negotiation. Because he's probably going to get $13 million for the next eight years. How can he demand that when you have guys like McKinnon doing what they're doing, McDavid doing what he's doing? He's not even in the, he, he's not even in the same category right now. I can name you five players that I would and rather. I, and I agree I, I with can you. name you 10 players in this league. I could name you 10 forwards in this league that I would rather have than Austin Matthews. And you want like to I would like William Nylander just them. signed for 12 million bucks a year. Yeah. 8 years. That's 12 million. I would t- I would take Pasternak over Austin Matthews. Yes. I would take William Nylander over Austin Matthews. Oh jeez, come on. Okay. Stop. Okay. And I that's a shock cuz I wouldn't have said that a year ago. I would take Obviously, McKinnon, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Pasternak. I would take Braden Point over Austin Matthews. So, hence hence the difficulty in signing Austin Matthews to this deal. That's what I'm going to say. Because a year and a half ago, a year ago, we were saying that Austin Matthews was one and two, okay, with, with uh, Connor McDavid. Austin Matthews scored 60 goals last year and 106 points in 73 games. And we talked about who actually is the best in the world. Who is the best player in the world? Is it Austin Matthews or is it Connor McDavid? One calendar year, one calendar year, Austin Matthews ends this year with 40 goals and 85 points, and he's a mutt bag. And you want to trade he's 15 also, guys. He's also for, hurt. He's also True. hurt. I, I, I will agree gets with hurt that, too. A lot. I would just move on. I, I don't know First how. First year, 82 games, 62, 68, 70, 52, 73, 74. He's been hurt. If you lost year. Austin Matthews at the end of next year for nothing, do you think the Leafs would be crippled by that? Don't you think they could take that eleven point six million and go and? You think players aren't going to want to go to Toronto? Yeah, you don't think absolutely. They you would. don't think Mitch Marner, John Tavares for the next few years, William Nylander. I would keep Ryan O'Reilly. I'd be signing that guy hundred thousand percent, thousand percent. Yeah. You don't think they could take that money and go and like I'm telling you right now, I would rather take eleven and a half million dollars and spend nine of it on a defenseman and 
maybe find or like I don't know. I like Samson off in net. But all I'm saying is I think you could spend that money elsewhere and you're gonna be so much better off. I'm not like saying everybody wants to trade Mitch Marner. He had ninety nine points last year. Mitch Marner's a he's fucking all heart and soul, man. Yep. He's all yep. heart and soul. I love Mitch Marner. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see. Brad Trailering has 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 his work cut out because I do not know. And it's a massive market. Toronto fans are waiting to see what the hell is going to happen. Because, you know, the one thing I thought about when Dubas was let go is that, man, do they need a guy who has experience. And they picked him up, and we'll see what happens. He's got He's got a tough job to kind of not even turn this team around to try and keep them in, in, in the same direction. If he, if he is asking for too much money, keep him for the year, let him play it out, and then bye-bye and spend that money elsewhere. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.